Good morning. Welcome to the, the Republican Professor Welcomes Michael Schwartz of Gun Owners Radio and the founder of the incredibly successful San Diego County Gun Owners. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for being with us, Michael. Well, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, great to see you, brother. Well, I met Michael uh, about five years ago, I think in exactly five years ago at the Marriott and Costa Mesa. I responded to, I believe, something I saw on Facebook. I don't know if you had put an ad on Facebook, but that's incredibly effective marketing if you did. Um, and the ad just said how to be a Second Amendment act activist. Yeah. And so I showed up and the room was full, as I recall. And Michael was there giving us the backstory on something I did not even know was existed in California, which was effective local and county Second Amendment activism. It just blew my mind, you know. <laughs> so I listened to Michael give this presentation and this training. And then Michael, I don't know if you remember, but uh, we we went to Starbucks after yeah. that. Had a sandwich and a drink, and we 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 talked for a long time. I do remember that. That's right. Yeah, and you were in, you gave me a ride in your Jeep at the time. Uh, and Tommy Clark was with us too. I don't know what happened. I, I'm still friends with him, but I haven't talked to him in a while. But um, I wanted to give you a, a chance to promote what you're doing and what you're all about. Uh, tell us your backstory. How did you get into Second Amendment activism? Sure. Um, and before that, the, so that Second Amendment, just to touch on that, that Second Amendment, how to be a Second Amendment activist class, was that's something I, a curriculum I put together at the request of, at, at the time, it was Assemblyman Joel Anderson, and then he turned into State Senator Joel Anderson, and now he's San Diego Supervisor, County Supervisor Joel Anderson. Wow. And he, he got a bunch of people together. I was already doing some Second Amendment activism, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how I got into that in just a sec. But uh, he said, you know, the, the Second Amendment activism uh, or Second Amendment lobby used to be extremely important in California and very organized. And he oh. said, we got we to gotta do something uh, to get that back. And we were in a room full of people that he had invited, and, and they basically said, well, we don't, we don't really know what to do. You know, we, we write, you know, letters and we make phone calls, but <clears throat> what do we do? Oh. So I volunteered to put together a curriculum and I just started making phone calls. I called every activist, every attorney that had anything to do with the second amendment, <clears throat> every organization that was second. Amendment. I just gathered as much information as I possibly could. And I put together what turned, it turned into being, you know, that second amendment activism, how to be a second amendment activist uh, uh, class. And it's evolved, but interestingly enough, most of the information doesn't come from Second Amendment sources. It comes from activism sources. So I was reading books about Gandhi and Martin Luther King and Jackie Robinson. And, um, and I'll tell you what's one of the, you're going to, you're going to laugh, but one of the most useful books was uh, rules for radicals mm -hmm. by Saul Alinsky. Yeah. It and is now, a landmark book. It, it, you know, and, and if you, so it's all about communism they wanted to yeah. spread communism. So, you know, replace the word communism with whatever you like, but the, yeah. you know, I, I'd say a good 80% of that book um, is really somewhat, you know, but 20% of it's too much. It, it was, it's too, it really was 
little too radical. Mm. Um, but 80% of it is, you know, <clears throat> exactly what, what needs to happen. Yeah. And I think that people on the, in the gun world, because they tend to be on the right side of the spectrum, um, they, it, it, you know, I was going to say some of the, some of it causes them to recoil. No, no pun intended, but some of it causes <laughs> them to kind of, you know, it, it gives, there's a lot of pause. They don't, they look at it and they think, you know, geez, this is too much. We shouldn't have to do this. We should just, you know, we should just, we should just logic ourselves into this. You know, we should, we should just talk to elected officials and they'll see how logical we are and they'll vote our way and we'll all go skipping off into the sunset. And it just doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. It just yes. never works that way. Um, we don't want to, uh, to our side of this, uh, you know, the, the political spectrum, like I said, mostly because they're, they tend to be, you know, on the right side of the political spectrum. Right. They have this attitude of, you know, hey, look, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to leave them alone. Yeah. You know, and they'll leave their, they'll live their life. I'll live my life. And we'll all be happy. But unfortunately, the the, uh, the other side of the political spectrum has embraced this anti-gun uh, stance, and they don't want yes. you. They don't want you to just live your life. They want you to live their life. Yes. Um, so they're going to continue to hammer on you. So all I did was put together some effective ways to to fight back and, and you know be effective at getting our our our, our policies uh, put forth, or you know their policies stopped before they're even policies. Um, yes. So that's that's the story of the the seminar. But how I got into this was uh, back in two thousand seven. I was recently married. And uh, <clears throat> my wife and I and another couple went out to the desert and we were off-roading and, and shooting on public lands and, uh, you know, no, doing nothing weird or strange or out of the ordinary. Did, did um, you have machine guns? No, did not have any machine guns that trip, unfortunately. Grenade launchers? None of the left those at home. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we were just a couple of couples camping and, you know, just kind of having fun in an in a area that was well known for, you know, shooting camp camping, that sort of thing. And my wife and her friend wanted to take my Jeep for a ride. So I took all my guns out of the Jeep, put them on a tarp on the ground. And they, they went off, you know, driving around in the Jeep and a, you know, BLM, uh, law enforcement bureau of land management. Thank uh, you for clarifying. Yeah. BLM's taking on a whole different meeting. <laughs> I, I tell people I was, I was like 10 years ahead of this whole thing. I didn't like BLM, you know, a decade ago. You know? <laughs> So this but, is a uh, federal law enforcement officer. You're on public land. Exactly. And yeah. he gotcha. you know, rolled up and, and, he, and he just, he said, I'm going to look around. We said, okay, no problem. We were professional and nice. And he looked at all my guns and he picked up a Mossberg shotgun, Mossberg 500. Was it pump action? Pump action. Oh um, my gosh. The most basic of firearms. Yes. The only thing uh, was... I purchased it with, uh, it didn't have a, a full stock. It just had a pistol grip. Mm -hmm. And I forget the configuration that's called like the, uh, I forget what it's called, but anyway, it's, it's totally common. tactical. Yeah. But it's called like the, the, the ghost rider configuration or something weird like okay. that. I don't know. Gotcha. But it's not unusual, you know, no. <clears throat> certainly not illegal. And he tried to tell me that uh, in that configuration, that shotgun was, in California, an assault weapon. And I said, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but I was very polite and very professional with him. Mm -hmm. Long story short is I proved to him that he didn't understand the law. He didn't know the law and that the, the firearm was, was legal. 
Um, he said, okay, I'm going to run the numbers. And if it's not stolen, I'll give it back to you. I continued to be very, very polite and nice and professional. Um, I continued to talk to him and you know, I was trying, I figured, Hey, if this guy likes me, that's a lot, you know, it might, maybe it'll make it harder for him to put cuffs on me, mm-hmm. but I was confident that, um, I was right. And I was right. So long story short, he, I found out he was a gun guy and he used to come to the same section of desert. He used to take his buddies there. They'd shoot. He was not, he wasn't even in favor of the assault weapons law. He didn't, that he didn't understand that he was trying to arrest me on. Um, and, and all it took was a government check, you know, a government paycheck for this guy to totally sell his principles down mm-hmm. the river. He was going to put me in jail. Yeah. And, um, I thought, man, that something's got to change. And, you know, it, I, I remember thinking if I were out here with a printing press, you know, and I was creating a pamphlet that was critical of the government and they came out and tried to confiscate it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people would be up in arms. Yeah. But when I went back to my job and my friends or whatever, you know, that week and told them what was going on, they kind of acted like I had gotten away with something because it was guns. And I decided, you know, this has to change. Yeah. And I got really, really involved. Uh, I, I got involved with the local NRA. I got involved with eventually the Republican Party. I got involved with campaigns on different mm-hmm. levels, the sh- a sheriff's campaign, a, con- a congressional campaign, some other campaigns. And I was off and running. Wow. That that story, it's a, that's not the first time I've heard that story, but I never get sick of hearing that story because, uh, Michael, you're if, if I had to say you were, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm almost not sure the best compliments to give you. Um, on the one hand, you're this incredibly inf- effective activist. On the other hand, what's so impressive to me about it is you are the most average everyday person. I mean that as a compliment to, for you to be a gun activist, I would never know, right? I would never know you're one of these tech, you're not one of these tactical guys that you see that's you know has to have all the latest doodads and stays on track of everything but for you to be put in that situation as a law-abiding just normal everyday person just going about your business lawful activity were you scared at that time yeah you get scared yeah terrified um i was positive this guy was gonna yeah, I think there was a piece of me that kind of thought, well, gee, do I understand the law? You know, yeah. here's, a, here's a law enforcement officer telling me I'm doing something illegal. Right. And I, I was, I was working, I worked at a bank, you know, I was just some okay. guy that worked at a bank and yeah, I, I was had a this. normal job, right? You had totally you, normal, you had a white collar, normal job. Yeah. I mean, recently married, just kind of, you're not you know, one of these guys in, in the garage, you know, on his, his, his new rickety computer, he just put together you know with his guns surrounded by gun safes and dynamite no i'm like the worst gun guy ever i i barely barely have a collection yeah i I really truly i don't fall in love with guns the only gun i've really i fell in love with is uh, ksg came out with this Mm -hmm. uh shotgun this bullpup shotgun and i think that's the neatest thing in the world but i you know i have a couple of glocks i have an ar that i built 20 years ago and i keep you know, I, I, I say I built it, I assembled it, uh, 
20 years ago. Actually, I bought it and then I keep switching out parts. So uh, I'm, I'm like the worst gun guy ever. I have a couple of shotguns. I still have that Mossberg shotgun that he tried to take away. Um, I mean, but really, you, you would have gotten out of jail. You would have, it, it would have, but it would have been a, an incredibly painful process to go to jail. Then what happens to your, oh, your it could gun? Have been, it's it impounded. Could have been life-altering. It's impounded, yeah. right? It's impounded. Your car's probably impounded. You have all this property that now is in impound, and then you're in jail, which sucks. And then you have that on your record now as a, an arrest and you have to get an attorney and you have to pay money now. See, now it's not only taking your property and your Liberty and your time, which is Liberty, but it's taking your property, your money out of your bank account, because you now have to you, you now have to prove you're innocent. And I liked the uh, example you gave of the first amendment, like, can you imagine if somebody came up, you're passing out pamphlets and then it's uh, the burden of proof is on you to prove that it is, is legal lawful activity in your pamphlet. And it, you have to get into the details and the weeds of which preposition and adjectives you're using. I mean, that's not how it's done. Well, <laughs> actually increasingly now it is how it's done seems like, but. Well, I want to I want to emphasize too I, that week. I mean, it really wasn't about, and this is fine. You know, a lot of people just they want to own the guns that they want to own, and they're passionate right. about it. That's fine. That's if that's your motivation, fine. Um, I encourage it. But um, this wasn't about that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sat down after they left and was really um, quiet for a long time, and realized that we, I didn't live in the country. I I thought I lived in. Yes. And this was the federal government. So yeah. You know, would they have discovered that the shotgun was legal? Probably. Um, but you know, the world we live in pretty quickly, but the world we live in is look at a a Turner's catalog. Exactly. Well, that's (laughs) what he said. He said, you know, where, where did you get this? And I said, I bought it. And he said, not like that. You didn't. I said, yeah, actually that's exactly how I bought it. I bought it at discount gun mart in San Diego. And, but the, the thing is, we live in a world too, where, and we've seen examples of this over and over again, where law enforcement, you know, if, if that charge didn't stick, you know, he would have figured out something that did, you know, mm-hmm. he would have figured to out some face, way to say, yeah. yeah. And if, you know, people that I can give you in a very extreme example of that, if you look at, um, for those who live in San Diego or just anywhere in Southern California, um, back during the BLM riots, um, that whole, uh, you know, thing, um, the city of La Mesa, uh, the Bureau they, of land management was rioting. <laughs> no, um, I, had, I had to get yeah. that. In there. <laughs> they, uh, in La Mesa, they had a, a huge demonstration that turned into a riot that turned into a bank being burned down because one of their police officers, uh, questioned a guy who, who was black. And, um, started, uh, you know, it started a, uh, it was not a good interaction the, you know, between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police officer found out that, no, he wasn't doing anything illegal, but he was being a jerk to me. So I'm going to arrest him based on that and, and got arrested. And by the way, just, they just found that the police officer didn't do anything wrong. And he's trying to get his job back. 
we live in a time, you know, where, yeah, maybe my shotgun would have been okay. But if yeah. he decided, you know, I, I, you know, looked at him the wrong way right. or whatever. Yeah. That's good. He could have found something. Yep. He could have found something. This is federal. This would have, this is a federal law. So yeah, the, the, uh, we're, we're just for some reason, I think coming to terms with, um, both parties, I think are, are becoming to come to terms with how, much discretion law enforcement has when they're doing their job and a lot of people have recently started rethinking qualified immunity a lot of people didn't even know what qualified immunity was or why what the history of it is why we have it there's actually good reason why we have it but uh in practice it's just exactly like what you said where um a law enforcement I mean, it's, if it's just you and him, it's your word against his and there's all any number of things that are a crime. So, you know, if you lie, for example, to a law enforcement, a federal law enforcement, that's a crime. If you, and, and, and who's to say you didn't lie, you know, and there's lots of things where the evidence is not really available to, or it's not, um, it's not, the kind of evidence that you can reproduce and quickly convince 12 people or, or 20 people, whoever is in your circle, uh, whoever needs to be convinced right away. So it leaves you kind of vulnerable, you know, or if it, you strike enormously, enormously vulnerable, if you, if you sh- shove, if you, uh, you know, any number of, of uh, <laughs> things that you didn't really do, those are all crimes and they, um, they empower a law enforcement official to impound your car, to arrest you and just basically ruin your day. Now you may not be at the end charged with a crime and you may, and probably not convicted, or maybe you would be (laughs) depends on if they could freak you out into a plea deal. 97% of all convictions are pleas. And and I I don't want this to I'm not anti-law enforcement. I'm certainly not anti-cop, but uh, this is this is a, a legislation problem. It's not a, a police problem. And they've they've we've we have layers and layers and layers of legislation uh, that's that's controlling our lives mm-hmm. in a, in a country that was set up so that the government protects yeah. your rights and so you could live self-governed. And I think we're so far away from that. And guns mm-hmm. are such a good example of that. Yeah. Um, such a black and white example of that. You know, I, a lot of, it's funny, a lot of people, um, you know, I definitely have other views. I have views on, you know, immigration and foreign policy and taxes. Yeah. And, yeah. Talk about that. Talk about your laser focus on, on the second amendment and how that's worked for you. So that's, so I'm laser focused on second amendment issues. Because um, in, in a in just a couple of sentences, the way I explain it is, you can't boil the ocean. Um, so I can't have an effect on every single political stance that I have. Um, but what I can do is I can be I can I you know I can pick this one uh, this one thing and I can be extremely effective on this one thing. Um, and, uh, and I have been, so, you know, I'm moving the ball in one area and hopefully other people's can, other people can move the ball in in other areas. But I also think that if you're good on guns, if you're good on the, the concept of, 
of owning firearms, you know, of having access to lethal force, of carrying lethal force with you, of trusting people to, uh, you know, to be able to defend themselves with lethal force. If you're good on that concept, you're probably good on other concepts or other subjects where the concept is similar. Yeah. Or you're Uh, close and you could maybe move the needle a little bit. Right. Yeah, I, I think you're a good. That's a great point about legislation. I think uh, what I came what came to mind was when you have such complicated laws that average everyday people don't even understand. And there it seems like they're constantly changing. They're constantly adding things or trying to add things like the recent stuff in California. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's like average everyday people can't look at. A guy, even a federal agent can't look at it, a Mossberg pump action. I mean, this is not even semi-automatic pump action means you have to manually activate. You have to manually load the chamber with your, you know, with a hand. It doesn't, it takes time and energy to do that each time. And if an average everyday person can't just look at that and go, that's legal or that's illegal. You need some kind of special training to just even know that, that that's kind of what I'm talking about is, is that the, the, the laws are so complicated. Shouldn't be that way, but uh, Hey, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about San Diego County gun owners. Tell us the story of San Diego County gun owners. So what you've been doing there, how long has it existed and, and what, what led to that? So the, the story about the shotgun in the desert happened at the end. It was like December, 2007 okay. in gotcha. like in January, 2008, I went to my first NRA members council meeting mm. and in February I was voted vice president. So I just jumped wow. out. Yeah. Just, this is happening. You know, Let's I'm not get this done. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my way, you know, either fall in line, get out of my way, whatever help. You yeah. Know, but you had the Mossberg with you. um so i for a few years um i got really really active in politics and one of the things i did was i you know got just you know as from a as a second amendment guy got really involved in the republican party and realized that was an enormous mistake um i kept uh, they all kind of gave me lip service on how they were very pro second amendment you know yeah guns 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 but when it came down to it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was, you know, the letter R first. That's right. what they cared about. So I'm going, hey, this guy's not really all that good on guns. Yeah, but he, he's, he's a Republican. We're going to endorse him. Well, wait a minute, you know? And I realized, mm-hmm. look, the way I, 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 the way I explain it to people is <clears throat> it's, it's as if I went to McDonald's and ordered lasagna. And then was mad because they didn't give it to me. Mm. You know, McDonald's doesn't make lasagna. That's not their job. You know, <laughs> that's not what they do. And the Republican Party, that's not what they do. They don't. They don't enforce um, their platform. Um, they don't really. And I'm talking about the Republican Party, the actual organization. You know, the Republican yep. Party. Right. They they don't um, they don't stand up for issues. And I was I was expecting them to stand up for. I mean, they have a platform. You know, and this isn't, by the way, I, I think that the Democrats do a way better job of standing up for issues. They stand up for uh, issues that people care about um, way, way better than the Republican Party does. Um, 
But for the most part, the parties aren't designed to stand up for issues. They're designed to get people elected. Mm-hmm. So I got really mad, and, you know, took my ball and went home and, and stopped playing with the Republican Party um, and uh, did a few more things, you know, got involved in, you know, gun, a, a gun club. It was kind of the same story, to be honest with you. It was kind of the same story. I went to a gun club and said, hey, let's get political. And they said, ah, we don't really, it's not our thing. We just kind of have a range or whatever. So this uh, is from 2007. I'm just tracking with you, 2007. And then to, so for a few years, do you look back on those couple years and think that's a waste? Or do you think that was incredibly valuable information that I got? It was incredibly valuable information because okay. I learned from mistakes. I mean, we did some, I occasionally did some things right. And that was good. <laughs> I learned from that. But um, all the mistakes I made, I definitely learned from them. And I realized mm-hmm. the the mechanics, really, of what, what needs to happen, you know, um, and that's, that's what finally led to the first thing we did is, is, you know, I was beating my head against the wall and trying to get things done. And, um, mm-hmm. like I said, I was, I was going to McDonald's and ordering lasagna, you know, all over the County. And, um, finally, uh, a guy who owns a, a gun range, he and I had had lunch together. His name's Mark Halcon and he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, good dude. Um, which gun range he owned American shooting center in San Diego. Oh, good guy. Just a, I, just a gruff, you know, kind of a, you know, rough talking kind of guy, but man, he was always super supportive. He and I sat down and had lunch and he was like, look, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know? And I said, well, we're losing is what we're doing. You know, Yes. And this is somewhere around 2014, something like that. And, uh, so I said, he said, all right, well, let's, let's, uh, you know, I said, I have this idea and I kind of spelled out what became San Diego County gun owners. I said, you know, we need a local organization that actually endorses people that raises money that's involved in politics, you know? Um, and I, so this I, is your aha moment at some, at something, right. I, I sort of, I, I, I'm not sure there was like an aha two years, you know, it kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? It didn't, it wasn't, it kind of developed, but Sure. What had happened is I had just spent six years in the political world and I was looking around San Diego and I'm going, Hey, this group is electing people. This group is electing people. This other group is electing people, you know, and some of them are just special interest groups. Some of them, you know, Republican party, or some of them the democratic party, some of them are unions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized not one of them cared about our second amendment rights. In fact, they were all pretty absorbed with, uh, or I should say obsessed with tax policy. Um, that's really what it all boiled down to was tax policy. So I started thinking, well, we have to have an organization that is similar to them. You know, they have an employee, they, they raise money, they spend money on candidates, they endorse. Um, what a concept. Yeah. It, but, but it's just about the second amendment, you know? So yes. I, I pitched, yes. I pitched, I said, and we actually, you know, identify the problem actually on our website, if you go to San Diego County Gun Owners website or Orange County Gun Owners or Inland Empire, and you go to the About Us section, what mm-hmm. is listed there is, is basically our mission statement. And that mission statement hasn't changed from that lunch I had with Mark Halcon. That's we, we came up with the problem, we identified the problem, came up with the solution, and then formulated a mission statement. It hasn't changed. Do you remember where that was that you had lunch? Yeah, it was at, it was at Philippi's in uh, Little Italy. Oh, no kidding. Uh, we had a, I had the torpedo sandwich. It was delicious. Is it still there? <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so I'm going to go there in honor of you and Flippies <laughs> <laughs> was kind of our place. Me and Mark used to, there were a couple Flippies in San Diego. We used to have lunch there all the time, but this one was in Little Italy. Um, so, so you drew it out on a napkin or whatever, and you're like, uh, now what was the next step? And how do you, I mean, you went from that to you became the employee, which means you had to get enough money for your salary. And I know that you don't get paid that much. It's all public record, especially for California. Well, I tell you, well, there's a couple of steps prior. So yeah, I, okay. I, Tell us he, the story. he said, he said, look, do we want to start our own organization or do we want to, you know, hook our wagon up to somebody else? And I said, I, I work for a bank and I can't, you know, I can't, I don't want to start an right. organization because there's so much involved oh. just running an organization. So he said, all right. And we had a meeting with gun owners of California. And for one year we implemented the plan under gun owners of California and they were super nice to us and they really treated us well. Um, we had a dinner, raised some money. Um, you know, they were really great. We basically, they said this, the idea sounds great. What do you need from us? And we said, well, we don't really need anything. We just need a banner to, you know, and some infrastructure. And they said, great, we'll help you out. So a year later, um, we, we, was, we took this other big step with Gunners California and things are going well. And we were having monthly meetings and we helped a gun store get their permit to become a gun range, which was huge. The five-person city council. Is this in? Carlsbad. Carlsbad. Oh, really? Carlsbad. All five were Republicans. All five were conservative, you know, red-blooded American, you know, gun-fearing, whatever. And four of them voted against the idea that that in an industrial area, uh, in a 50,000-square-foot warehouse that they owned, out by the airport they said no you can't have a gun range we don't even want a gun range in our town yeah that's really what it was about it's not like it's across the street from an elementary school and exactly one, one of the walls is missing and it just happens to be facing where recesses nothing you know like it that. has nothing to do it the, yeah exactly it's just okay so it's in a safe area it's where normally you would have that kind of stuff so we it basically implemented the plan. We, we put a bunch of political pressure on them. We went to the media. We uh, went after people that endorsed and supported the, 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 uh, the, uh, the politicians that were standing in our way. We got like 250 people to come to a planning commission meeting, which when you no when you say before. went after just clarify for everybody what that means like. Um, we, we, okay. Yeah, I guess that could mean a lot of things. We, we met with them and said, Hey, this is a problem met with them. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. This is a problem. You met, you peacefully met with them. Yes. Everything we did. Mostly, well, and, mostly peaceful. <laughs> and, that, and that's actually the point I'm trying to make. We didn't protest. We didn't call people names. We didn't rally. We didn't March. We worked within the system to put what I call political pressure mm-hmm. Okay. on on the, on the folks and we eventually we we got we won we we, we went from a, a four to one against to a, a three two four uh you know in, in favor of them getting their permit so you flipped two people how flipped long did people. that how long did that take uh months it took less than six months maybe uh the whole thing took uh, about a year but it, it basically from the time we jumped into the time they got their permit was less than six months so that's that's actually lightning speed in politics time. Yeah, it is. And I, I get it. So we, we I was on the radio. I was in the newspaper talking about it. And, and keep in mind, I'm still working at a stupid bank. 
So, oh, so that's right. Okay. So yeah, so, you, you're, you are working full time holding down a nine to five. Yeah. Really and it eight, was eight to five really because of hour for lunch. And then you're, uh, I don't know why people say nine to five. Like you don't like you just work eight hours all the way anyway. But, um, so yeah, so this is all on your own time. This is lunch break. smoke breaks i didn't smoke cigarettes so i did activism instead i so i'm doing all this stuff i was a trust officer at a bank it was a good job it was a fairly high paycheck it was a lot of hours it was more than eight to five it was like seven to seven sometimes um that's even uh, more impressive so i would uh it was kind of funny we did this fundraising dinner and we got a i don't know a couple hundred people and we raised like twenty five thousand dollars or something like that we did this big dinner and the day after we did it on a Saturday night, um, you know, it took months to plan. It was at and, McDonald's. He served lasagna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Monday morning uh, after the dinner, my boss and his boss had a meeting with me and they were like, look, we don't know what's going on, but, <laughs> you know, a little distracted and you need to, you know, and I'm like, okay, don't worry. Everything's fine. You know, the, I didn't tell him, but you know, in my head, I'm thinking the dinner's over, you know, so now, now he knows. Yeah. <laughs> He's so, keeping track of you. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a sacrifice. It was truly, I was, it ended up. And the reason I'm telling this story is because, it, you know, I was putting in, so I was putting in at least like 50 hours a week in my job. And there were many weeks I was putting in another 40 hours uh, in, in activism. Um, and I realized this, and, and we weren't getting done what we needed to get done still. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided, hey, you know what? We just had this fundraising dinner. We just had this major victory. There's a lot of good things. You know, the wind yeah. is at our back. Um, I think we need our own organization. So that's what we did. We started the organization. I, I quit my job, walked away from my job. What year was that? This was uh, the end of 2015. And uh, I, there was no safety net. We, we didn't have a dollar in the bank. Our organization didn't have a dollar in the bank. Um, I kept my resume up to date. Um, you know, I told my wife, hey, uh, you know, don't worry. And uh, took an enormous pay cut and just did it. I just did it. And, and I got to tell you, I, I, I'm glad. Like, had I kind of just put my big toe in and then my foot and then my, you know, it, it wouldn't it, going full force like that was the only way to do it. And as an activist, so I'm doing all these things as a volunteer. Now I'm going to people I know and saying, Hey, will you donate money? You know, one of the things you're donating money to is to help pay my salary. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I can see. you know, it was uncomfortable, but you know, somebody sat me down, one of the, one of the, uh, bigger donors who's still a bigger donor today sat me down and he said, look, if you weren't, if we weren't going to have a full-time employee, I wouldn't be interested in this project. Number one. And number two, he said, I pay professionals all day long. I pay lawyers. I pay CPAs. I pay doctors. I'm paying you to be an expert in something that's important to me. And a paid employee. Yeah. yeah, Well, it changed my mindset. Hmm. And uh, a paid employee is crucial. And that's another thing on our side of the political spectrum. um, There's kind of this, yes. You know, well, Hey, we all have, we we have to be benevolent, you know? Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. But the other side's paying professionals all day long and they're mopping the floor with us. Yep. And we don't make the correlation. It's weird. 
It's so weird. Well, another thing, I mean, everything you've said about the Republican Party is true. I mean, when you were almost arrested on federal land, let me see, that was 2007. Who was in the White House in 2007? Who was in the governor's mansion in 2007? We had a Republican president, Republican governor of California, and you were almost arrested for having a pump action shotgun. An assault weapon that was signed into law by by a Republican governor. Um, yeah, you know, that's right. They probably weapons. used them several times in movies. Duke, Duke Mengian, I think it was yeah. George Duke Mengian. I, I don't know how to say his name. The the Armenian guy. Well, then Schwarzenegger expanded it. Um, he was he was another part of the, of the or he actually his, his big thing was the uh, uh, the roster. That was his big thing. He, he signed the roster into uh, into into law. Yeah. uh, Well, so this is totally necessary what you're doing and the whole idea of uh, now let's uh, let's get to how can we support you and what are you working on now? So San Diego County Gunners started out as just a a simple concept. We're going to get a bunch of money and a bunch of people and we're going to get the right second amendment person elected on the local level. So city council, mayor, county board, sheriff, that sort of thing, not state or federal. There's already, there are already organizations that are working on that. We just want to focus on local um, where the state and federal people are, are born. That's where their political careers are born. Yes. T- tell us about that. Uh, Cause a lot of people miss that. So wh- a lot of people think local and County, what do you, I don't even know what that, who cares about that, but it's incredibly important. So share it with us. Why? So most of the, one of the things, one of my favorite things to do is when an anti-gun regulation or bill comes out, you know, whether it's in Sacramento or Washington, DC, there's a proposed law, a bill um, that's going to ban your guns or ban the, your possession or whatever. It's going to do something horrible, you know, having to do with mm-hmm. guns. I look to the authors. I look at who authored those bills and I go back and, and nine out of 10 times, it's somebody who started out in a city council somewhere or a school board somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier. It would have been a lot easier to, to stop their career if, if, if in the city council um, or at least yeah. educate them in the city council yeah. than it would have been. You know, I really like that way of thinking the education part, because I do think that people can be changed sometimes, but it's probably at the beginning. I don't know if it's at the end. (laughs) I I, it's 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 hard to change someone's mind, but we have absolutely changed people's minds as well. People in power, people in political. It's like any problem, right? Any problem. The sooner it can be identified and dealt with, the easier it will be. It might still be a little work. In, at the city council level, but it's a lot less work than later. So we, and exactly. So that was the concept, but mm-hmm. along the way, you know, a bunch of things popped up, a bunch of programs popped up uh, that have been successful. Gun owners radio was never a part awesome. of the plan, but it's, it's boom. It popped how up. Do we, That's how great. do we, how do we link to gun owners radio where well, I'm going to so, put it in the show notes. Sure. It's gunownersradio.com, gunownersradio.com. It's every Sunday from four to six, um, or you can listen. Any podcast provider has our, has our episodes on Spotify, Um, Spotify. Yep. Okay. Um, So I'll I'll put a link to it in the description on YouTube and on our website. Thank you. Um, We have a women's program called not me. So one of the best things I did is recruited and hired and promoted my secret weapon. And her name is Wendy Hoffman. She's coming on tomorrow. She is. We're, we're going to interview her tomorrow. She is absolutely. You can 
tell her uh, that I said she is the secret to our success. Hmm. Uh, okay. She was she's amazingly smart and passionate and hardworking. She has an MBA from USC, um, and uh, she could be she could have a lot easier jobs, making a lot more money. But she's passionate about the Second Amendment and has made our organization special. Um, one of the ways that she's truly made our organization special, she came up with this idea for a women's program called Not Me. Hashtag Not Me. And in San Diego, it's Not Me SD. In, in Inland Empire, it's Not Me IE. And in Orange County, it's Not Me OC. And we're actually spinning this off. It's going to be its own 501c3. It's going to be its own organization because it's such a good idea. And, and, and it's a pretty simple concept too. Uh, the idea is in order to stop and prevent uh, sexual assault and domestic violence, we're going to help any woman who contacts us uh, legally obtain a gun, get the training she needs, and then get a CCW so that she can carry the gun outside of her home for protection. And the way we do that is we pair her up with a trained, experienced volunteer who's also a woman and she walks her through, it's not just a information on a, on a website. She walks her through, takes her by the hand and walks her through the whole process. Incredibly important. Awesome. And in Sandy, Incredibly it's free. Important. The other, it's totally, it's free. There's no cost. Wow. So, um, and that's quite a value too. That's huge. That's a lot of value. And if they, and if it is now, you know, if she, if she can't afford to buy a gun or if she can't afford training, now we the gun's also, not free, right? <laughs> so, gun's not free, training's not free. But if she can't afford yeah. it, um, then we find her grants or discounts and uh, make sure that self-defense is not financially uh, wow. prohibitive. That's uh, awesome. So that's key too. Um, so anyway, so five hundred over five hundred women have gone through this program in two years. Five hundred. Wow. wow. This that's is a when, testimony all in and of itself. This is Wendy's. Uh, that's just in San Diego. There's some more in Orange and Inland Empire, but just in San Diego, 500 women in two years. Wow. Uh, she came up with this idea, planned it all out, you know, designed it and everything. We launched it, uh, I want to say two years ago in March. And I remember having a conversation with her. We were, we had a press conference and I said, well, if we get one station to show up and we get, I don't know, a dozen women to respond, I think that's a success. Yeah. And she agreed. She said, yeah, all right. And we had this press conference and like 30 or 40 women who were members of San Diego County Gunners were in the press conference and every single TV station in town showed up. Wow. In, including Telemundo. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> and uh, yeah. covered it. It was great. And within by so I think we had it on a Thursday or maybe a Friday, but within three or four days, we had over a hundred women respond. Wow. Wow. What a concept, not having to use the police officers as a bodyguard. What a concept. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to use the government all the time as a body, bodyguard because they're not there all the time. And, that, and, and if you're a woman and you are passionate about self-defense and you're passionate about empowering other women yeah. and you're passionate about the Second Amendment, this is a way that we're, we want to make activism easy. So this is a way for you to do truly effective activism. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, do we have a couple? I want to really want to talk about. Just give me a couple minutes to talk about what a, a, a activism is, real quick. You, you I, have as much time as you want. Okay, um, activism. A lot of people, you know, activism is kind of a broad term, but really, yes. it's very, very specific. 
um, people think that, you know, um, people call activism, people call a lot of things activism that it just mm-hmm. isn't activism, you know. Mm. Posting a meme on Facebook isn't activism. Um, you know, <laughs> if, if you great. read yeah. every single word of a lawsuit that's being filed that you're not a part of, that you're not funding, that you're not the attorney, that's not activism. You know, um, reading a bill be, that's being proposed in Congress, you know, and understanding exactly what they're trying to do, that's not activism. Activism is doing something that affects public policy. And, you know, knowing what's being proposed, you know, and uh, talking about it and making a snarky comment about it, that's not, that's not doing it. It's not really affecting public policy. Um, I didn't, I would even argue that. Um, you're, you're blowing people's minds right now. You're just like, <laughs> what? No. I know. And, and I don't mean to be rude. You think of it, this is tough love. Not this rude. is, this is, hey guys. We all need tough love. <laughs> you know. You got it. I mean, it's, it's a, this is a, it's a context, but politics is a contact sport. You got to roll up your sleeves and get in there. I mean, figuratively contact. Um, sure. You have to, <laughs> you have to always say that nowadays. I know. So <laughs> you have to do something that actually affects public policy. Who makes public policy? Well, elected officials. Yes. So what you have to do to truly be an activist, you have to, uh, help get a, a, a you know an elected official elected, um, or you have to pressure that elected official into doing something that you want that you want them to do. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I'm talking. How does like, a meme? You know, how does a meme not? Because I, I I guarantee you, there's somebody out there that's thinking. But if I post this meme, that's what I'm doing. I'm. So how? What's the disconnect there? How do when you say elect somebody? what is what's missing from people that they need to go okay how do i do that because i'm sure there's a gap in their mind like sure okay so activism is changing 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 the course of 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 events um so whether or not you you post a meme the elected official is going to vote the way the elected official is going to vote um so you can post that meme all day long and there's zero chance that that elected official is going to find that meme and is going to be convinced by that meme, you know, is going to change their mind because that means what you have to do is you have to first get the elected official you want into office and then influence them to do something that wouldn't have been done otherwise. Sketch that out. Sketch that out. Like, okay. So first of all, identifying the person, how do you do that? Good question. One of the things I'm really proud of with San Diego County gun owners is I've watched Joe Lunchbox and Jane Lunchbox, you know, just kind of the average everyday citizen. Maybe they voted every, you know, election, you know, if they remembered to, um, but they really weren't involved in politics at all. I've watched them uh, get to know their city council member, their mayor, their, their, their local, you know, sheriff, whatever like get to know this person, show up at an event, introduce themselves, tell them, Hey, this is what's important to me. And then if it's a candidate, uh, you know, they'll say, Hey, I'll, you know, they talk to them and get to know them, find out where they are on second amendment issues or whatever. If it's a candidate, if they're running for office, then they help them. They help them raise money. They help them get more votes. They help them, you know, walk precincts, make phone calls, that sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe they, they, they throw a, a small fundraiser in their backyard for this candidate. Um, and then after they're in office, they help, you know, get policy changed. One of the ways, so 
in San Diego, it used to be impossible to get a CCW. We helped change that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I didn't want to get in, get in the way of your, your momentum that you had, but when you were talking about not BSD and the, the campaign went the women campaign that, that, uh, Wendy was doing, and you had listed a bunch of stuff. Like we help them get the CCW. And I, I was just thinking if, if average everyday people across the country or whoever's watching this in California knew what was behind that one phrase, get a CCW, just that alone, the activism behind that alone. I mean, not to mention the mentoring and the training and making sure the gun ranges are open and the gun shops are open. You know, we actually had that issue lot two years ago, they were shut down. Yeah. In, in Ventura County, you can read it on the Ninth Circuit's website. Um, well, they, they tried to shut it down in San Diego. We were actually in, in touch with Firearms Policy Coalition. Yes, after yeah, that happened. They tried to shut it down in San Diego. But because we have, I had a relationship with, with the sheriff, we talked to the sheriff and the sheriff said, you know what? We're not shutting down the gun shops. That's That right there is a huge tidbit that you just gave because your organization existed and you already had these relationships, right? Did, right? Was that a phone call? What was that? Yeah, Did you, oh, okay. Yeah, it, so what happened was, uh, and then I, I want to get back to the this TCW thing. So remind Please me. To do, get back yeah. to, okay. So the, um, what happened was we were all walking on eggshells, you know, are they going to show, you know, shut down the gun shops because of COVID or March 2020. Happen? Yep. Okay. So the one of our a supervisor here in San Diego, his name's Nathan Fletcher, and he's a horrible, horrible person. Yep. Um, he at a press <laughs> conference, uh, a, a journalist asked him, and he said, "Yeah, the gun shops should all be shut down, you know, due to COVID. They should not be an operation." I remember he, that. He didn't ask anybody. He didn't ask an, an expert. He didn't. You know, he was way out of his swim lane. And, Shame uh, on you, Nathan. Yeah, truly, he's a he's a he's a bad guy. He's not a good person. I think uh, I actually had a gun in 10 day at gunfighter tactical during that time. So I was watching that very carefully because a lot of people don't understand this, but there's a mandatory 10 day waiting period, a cooling off period. So even if you have a gun already, this is how crazy it is. You have a gun already in order to cool off. Well, you're already armed. You're already legally armed, but in order to cool off, you need to have 10 days before you right. pick up the other gun. Well, anyway, um, so this was right so I, during I, that. Yeah. Thing. So I called, I called the other two supervisors, the other two County supervisors, both elected officials and, you know, pled my case said, Hey, here's what's going on. I called the sheriff's department and said, Hey, you know, the, the, I was, my main contact there was the undersheriff, but I, you know, spoke with the sheriff as well. You talked directly to both of those individuals, the undersheriff and the sheriff. hundred percent directly to them. And uh, did they, you have to go through somebody? Did you have to go through their secretary or their administrative assistant? I sent them a text. <laughs> okay yeah it was you know because there so are that's pre that's pre second amendment activism right there it's activism you got to be able to have access to them that's right and, um, how many members them. how many members does san diego county gun owners have right now uh we just went over three thousand members and they each pay 10 bucks uh, a month or a hundred dollars per year to be a member used to be able uh, your shtick used to be uh it's it's about a box of ammo now you can't say that anymore yeah. but i know i say 10 bucks a month is about it's, it's about half a cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> so that so, I, so I, the, the reason i have access by the way is one of the reasons is okay so we helped get a bunch of people elected 
Um, and then we, we formed relationships. And then when we were fighting for CCWs, I got uh, a guy named Rob McNellis on the Santee City Council. He wrote an op-ed saying, hey, we really need to have CCWs. That op-ed went into the Union Tribune, the local paper. Mm-hmm. And he, he introduced a resolution saying, hey, we as a city, the city of Santee, send the sheriff, we send you $20 million a year to be our law enforcement. Uh, we want you to change your CCW policy. Oh. And wow, that, that's yeah, that uh, sparked um, a conversation. The very next week, the sheriff called me directly and said, okay, let's sit down and talk. And we did. Wow. And we changed, we got the CCW policy changed. And now pretty much, you know, if you can pass a background check, go to the class and pay the fee, you're getting a CCW in San Diego. So the city of Santee didn't, sorry, Curtis, what would you say? I just said that's the way it ought to be. Yeah. The city of Santee did not have their own police department. They contracted with the county sheriff department. That's their police department. And so they had that relationship as a financial relationship. Correct. That's the background. Okay. That's why I picked them. That's why I picked Santee. We have 18 city councils in San Diego and I picked Santee for that very reason. This is all very compelling. And I'm, I think that somebody's probably wondering, okay, you said that I should get to know my city council. That seems kind of intimidating. Um, you're obviously, everybody's intelligent enough to find out who they are because everybody can use Google now. Um, but what happens, what if somebody is a little bit intimidated about I mean, how do I just say, hi, what do I say? I mean, are well, if they, what if they say they don't want to talk to me? What if they're not interested? Well, first step is if you're in San Diego, if you're in Orange, if you're in Inland Empire, the way to be an effective activist is to join San Diego County Governors. Come to our meetings, get involved, come to Orange County's meetings, get involved, Inland Empire, same thing. If you're not in that area, there has to be some group in, you know, that exists that is involved in politics But even if there's not, I got to tell you, the the, um, elected officials are people, too. So if you just find out, if you just call up and say that's huge, that's a huge thing you just said. Yeah, it's they're not, you know, most especially on city councils, most of them have full time jobs doing something else. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're 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 your neighbors. They're just people. So uh, I actually say one of the things I say, well, let me let me continue. So, sir. And go Call back up. to CCW. Don't forget. I'm yeah. So, to... Well, the, the Santee story was, was where I was going with the CCW thing. Okay. That's how we got CCWs. But go to uh, their website and call up and say, hey, I'd really like to meet so-and-so city council member. Um, you know, are they going to, are they making an appearance, giving a speech somewhere? Can I, can I have a cup of coffee with them? If not. And I got to tell you, it's pretty easy to meet with a city council member. And when you meet with them, um, that's you a know, huge thing what you just said too a lot of people don't know that yeah if you meet with them you yeah. just you form a relationship just like yeah. any other relationship don't go and preach to them you know you know listen more than you talk it's good um you know really get good. to know them and, and find out where they you know say hey I, I gotta tell you here's what's important to me you know maybe it's the second amendment maybe it's a parking issue in your neighborhood but you let them know like you know this is important to me i was wondering you know where do you stand on that you know and don't correct them or lecture them just get to know them figure out where they are yeah that training right there on temperament and just being emotionally intelligent in that meeting everything about you your demeanor what you wear you've talked about that i've seen you lecture on even what you wear you know yeah, uh, don't not, wear the. You're not wearing camo with your yeah. NRA hat, and 
some t-shirt that says let god sort them out or whatever you know guns don't kill people i kill people you know uh like that one guy on uh, billy madison um but i tell people one of the things i've learned one of the things i've i tell people uh activists is um treat elected officials the same way you treat an underperforming employee that is that's a great quote if you're treating them any better or any worse you're probably making a mistake that is so huge. And where that are they? So that's, huge. A, that's a t-shirt. We got to do that. <laughs> no, no, where, it's huge. That's huge. Where, well, I'll tell you where it came from is I would see activists. Repeat it. Like, it. You got to repeat it. You got to sure. repeat treat, that. Treat elected officials the same way you would treat an underperforming employee. If you're treating them better or worse, you're probably making a mistake. Mm-hmm. They'll um, ignore you. And I've, well, I've seen, so I've seen two things. I've seen activists um, get, they, they treat them like they're rock stars. They treat them like they're famous. Van Halen. Yeah. yeah. And then they have absolutely no respect for you and you cannot get anything done and they don't care about you at all. Yeah. Or they treat them like they're, horrible. you know, horrible. Yeah. And then they have absolutely no respect for you and you get, you know, treat them like an underperforming employee. Gee, I, I got to tell you, I'm kind of disappointed about uh, your performance in this area. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, they need you to give know them a chance to improve, give them a chance to improve, but they need to know, I, I, I might be interested in firing you and replacing you. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, they need to know that they can't be, you know, I, one thing I, I, I pointed out to my wife years ago, if you are in, if you're in a room, if a politician's in a room with a hundred people and 99 of them are huge fans and one of them is not. Mm-hmm. Guess who that politician is going to spend all their time on? Yep. So don't be one of the ninety nine. But but don't be a jerk either. You know, don't yeah. don't be an extremist blowhard jerk. Um, there's there's probably a time and a place for that, but not when you're getting to you know. Uh, and certainly like, not publicly, right? I mean, yeah, help yeah. him help him save face. Yeah. A- at least work with him first. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I- it's, it's it's it can be effective to uh attack people publicly but it's it's it should be it's few and far between uh you know it's insult people privately uh you know in public uh you know tell them what you tell people what you like about them right that's right a lot of the second amendment activism techniques that you're talking about uh, have to do with temperament and proper demeanor and, and emotional intelligence and sometimes people on our side on this issue just are not well-trained in that they have not, it's not been modeled for them growing up. Um, and so that's a, I think that's a challenge that we need to make. Go back to CCWs. Uh, you were, I think you were making a point about CCWs. Uh, yeah. Just, carry conceal carry weapon. That's what CCW means. Conceal yes. carry weapon. So you're acting or we were talking about activism and yes. what activism truly is. And, you know, CCWs, you, people wouldn't be able to get a CCW right now if not for the actions we took. So we actually uh, changed. That's a permit. Just, just for anybody that doesn't know, that's a permit that's required by California state law that is issued by which official is it? It's not state it's local and County, right? It's a, it's a state permit, but it's issued by the local, the local sheriff, the the County sheriff or police chief. And you have to apply for it. You have to apply for it. You have to pass a background check. You have to go through class. Okay. Um, and he was I just wanted to get that. Sure. I wanted to get that issued there. He wasn't issuing them. And and what we did is is 
we decided, okay, this is where we want to get to. We want to issue, we want to get to a point where people can, you know, if you pass a background check, fill out the application, pay the fee, pass the class that you can get a CCW. Mm -hmm. And so we focused on it. And one of the things we did is by getting, uh, having relationships with the Santee City Council, you know, helping people get elected onto the Santee City Council, um, we were able to get the Santee City Council to take steps and help us get um, a change in public policy so that people could get CCWs. You know, we went on the radio, went into print, went in on TV um, and, and pled our case. We didn't insult the sheriff. Um, we didn't call him names. Who was we the sheriff at the time? Uh, it's a guy named Sheriff Gore, Sheriff Bill Gore. Same guy from Peruta versus San Diego, the federal case. Exactly right. I was about to say the NRA had sued him in, in, in federal court for a good eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one sheriff, initially, one initially at the Ninth Circuit, three judge panel. Right. The sheriff eventually, the, the final outcome was Sheriff Gore won and the court said, nope, you don't have a constitutionally protected right to a CCW. So they didn't compel him to issue. Um, but about yeah. six months, it's about six months after he won that federal case. Um, that we with through political pressure convinced him to change his policy. And now you that's, can get a CCW. That's huge. That's huge because that's a, that's a story of winning politically when you lost legally. Yeah. I, so we're a big part. We are part of a lot of federal or a lot of uh, uh, court case. We're San Diego County gun owners is a plaintiff. And I think, I think we're a plaintiffs in five different court cases now. And Firearms Policy Coalition is is a huge, huge part of that. Firearms Policy Coalition is to thank for all these uh, uh, lawsuits that we're plaintiffs in, and we work with them really, really well. But really, the way this started was kind of the the um, the attitude was, hey, you know what? We're putting way too many. What I said is, we're putting too many of our eggs in the judicial basket. Mm-hmm. Um, so lawsuits are expensive. They're a crapshoot. They take decades. So slow. Um, It's just, and it's just one tool in the toolbox. You you know, we really, really focus on, on true activism. Uh, So that's, that's the other, that's very empowering uh, because so many people feel a lack of agency and a lack of agency can have mental health issues. Like if you don't have agency, then you're going to be depressed. You're going to be lethargic. You're going to be become bitter um, you're not going to have good mental health outcome on that. You're not going to be living life flourishing and stuff. And when everything is in the hands of lawyers and you're even suspicious of lawyers, right? You're suspicious of judges, you know, it's just so mysterious to the average person, the, the magical mechanics of the slow, arduous legal system, which is incredibly powerful when you win, but but uh, that's why it's so devastating when you lose and it can just feel like, what are we doing? What, you, there's no way forward here. So you're giving a way forward that average everyday people can do. And it is within your power. You can do these steps. You can get involved effectively. 100%. It doesn't take all, you know, I, I said earlier that I was spending, you know, 40 hours a week doing activism. You, we don't need that from you. You know, we just, you know, we need a couple hours a month. You know, we need a few hours here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the infrastructure that we provide uh, is intended to make activism easy so that you can be effective. That's good. That's good. Well, um, 
how do we follow you on on social media? How do we get involved? Sure. So there's three three organizations. There's San Diego County Gun Owners. So go to San Diego County Gun Owners.com. Um, and you know, become a member or at least sign up for our, our email. If you're in Orange County, go to orangecountygunowners.com. Same thing, sign up to be a member or sign up for the email. Or if you're in Riverside or San Bernardino, go to inlandempiregunowners.com. Uh, be a member, sign up for the newsletter. Later this year, um, I th- we're, we're working on LA County gun owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working on Bay Area gun owners, and uh, like I said, we're, we've spun off not me, and that's going to be its own organization. So we're very, very good. thanks to Wendy. And a ten dollar a month donation, a mo- uh, ten dollars a month is, you know, people might think that's. If you think about it, you can afford it. Most people can probably afford it who are watching this. Um, just you know, don't go to Starbucks a couple times. And now does that make a difference though? Cause I mean, maybe somebody thinks I'm not going to do, it's not going to really do anything. Does it do en- anything? En- enormous difference. Just yesterday, a, a guy, uh, he said, Hey, uh, I'm not going to renew my membership. I moved to, I forget which state. He said, I moved to whatever state. Hmm. Um, he said, you know, good luck. I really liked what you guys are doing, but you know, I'm out of here. And I told him, you know, best of luck and safe travels. But if you don't want these laws to come to your new state, why don't you continue to support San Diego County gun owners? We'll sit back here and fight, you know? And he said, okay, do you, do you want a donation or do you want me to continue to be a member? And I said, definitely be, continue to be a member um, because that way we can go to elected officials or candidates or the press or whatever and say, Hey, uh, you know, we have X thousand, you know, we have, we have over 3000 members and hopefully next year we'll have over 4,000 members uh, because that stuff's important to them, you know, and 10 bucks a month, a lot of these, we're a PAC, we're a political action committee. Uh, a lot of these PACs are funded by, you know, guys that can write checks for twenty-five or $50,000. Uh, so, you know, in order for us to compete with that, we need yeah. a bunch of people to give us $10 so we yep. can have, have the same budget and compete. And even that, like I know with Orange County gun owners, that keeps the website up, that allows us to hire the uh, the accountant that keeps track of all these crazy donation laws. Well, and, and it helps so us. That. It helps us promote our our, our endorsement list too. Promotion. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So we that's that's the big part of it is we we want to get our endorsement list out to as many people as we possibly can so we can help get the right people elected. You know, we don't have to win every single race. We just have to get uh, you know strategically placed people in 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 places of power and then they can help others get, get, you know, uh, get elected. And eventually, you know, we don't need every single person in California to agree with us. We just need, in most cases, we need 50% plus one, you know, and that's 50% of the people that even bother to show up, you know? So it's really, it's it's very, very possible to turn this thing around. That's good news. Um, Any, any parting advice? Just get active. If you're listening to this and, and you're you're kind of wondering, I, I would say get out of your comfort zone. In order for me to do everything that I've done, I truly had to get out of my comfort zone. I uh, I had to leave a job that was extremely comfortable, that had a great paycheck. Um, I had to go in front of a camera, and I had never done anything like that before. I had to get. Were you speech. nervous? Were you scared? Enormously nervous. I still get nervous. Um, mm. But but the point is, I do it. 
you know, so yeah. get out of your comfort zone, realize that this is how important this is, how crucial this is. And that, you know, frankly, you know, we're all proud to live in a free country, but the price of that freedom is your vigilance. Yes. Um, you have to be involved. And if, you, if you're not involved, why complain? You know, because you have the tools to make things happen the way you they should. Uh, but if you're not doing it, you know, someone else will, someone else, and, and they're not going to do it the way you want it done. They're going to do it. They're, they're going to work against you. So jump in, get out of your comfort zone, uh, take that step, you know, whether it's just giving a couple of bucks to an organization or, or actually showing up at a meeting and saying, Hey, I'm here. What can I do to help? Curtis, did you have anything? Um, I feel like I've been mainly the guy. <laughs> did yeah. you have anything? No, I've, I've, I've been, a you know, the that last part you were saying michael i just thought you know and and don't write off for people that are listening don't write off the reality that it feels good to vocalize things you believe um you know especially when those things are virtuous they take courage um it's something that people can can feel good about you know be, be getting involved in uh yeah okay not having to hide yeah well, I think it's also a huge thing that you ended with, which was the story of the guy moving. Yeah, I mean, there's people that are going to be being exposed to this that don't live in California, but they are incredibly hopeful for California. They pray for California. So what you're saying, Michael, is that someone who you don't have to live in California to give to Orange County gun owners a gift of any size. And, uh, you know, it's easy to become a member 10 bucks a month off of your credit card. You're saying that there's no laws that are preventing donations like that from pouring into California from people who love the United States and want is, is, yeah, to succeed. As long as you're an American, you can donate to a, a political action committee. You can donate to our, our organization. So absolutely. So if you're in a, 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 let's say you're in a second amendment respecting state of some kind, like and Texas? you've got extra money that you don't know what to do with, and you just keep buying various doodads on Amazon. If you just steer some of that money to California, it can actually change an entire state eventually. And then that makes your rights more secure, just the way it's designed in the United States. So we, Michael, I've never met anybody like you, just your temperament, your demeanor, uh, your, the fact that you push yourself to do uncomfortable things. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily get a lot of joy or, you know, endorphins out of what you're doing. You're doing it because you really do believe it. And all the stuff that you've learned that you've shared with us, we are so incredibly grateful. And I know I personally am grateful that I met you five years ago and, um, have been in contact with you ever since. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's honestly, it's truly, uh, a, a, it's truly an honor to be able to do what I do for a living. Well, we would love to have you back at some point to just stay stay tuned with what you're up to. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Have fun with Wendy tomorrow. She's amazing. So oh, uh, we will. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Good. Thank, Thank you, you Michael. Enough.